0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the DC3Cast. My name is Brian, with me as always are Zach and Vince. Welcome back, Zach. Hey, it's good to be back. And uh, tonight we are continuing our Crisis Management series, which I got a very nice email about yesterday, by the way, from from uh, someone who's listening and really enjoying it. So, thank you, Tim. Um, this is uh, the episode we're going to be talking about, the Green Lantern Sinestro Corps War, Volume 1 the first half of the event uh this came out what year was this was this 2006 um Two thousand seven. 2007. so um when did you guys first read this vince i'm gonna guess you were reading this as this came out yes sir zach i'm gonna guess you read it slightly after that
1: uh yeah but not too soon after um This is actually one of the very first things that I read when I was getting into comics. So, like, I think I've mentioned before, kind of the first wave of things that I read were uh, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, and Kingdom Come. And this was in the second wave um, because I had heard really good things about this. And so I I picked up the first trade um, the fall of my sophomore year of college, which was 2008, and then for Christmas that year, I got the second volume. So I read it all in 2008.
0: And I think I read this in like an early 09 or late 08, somewhere in that in that same ballpark. Um, when I was sort of doing a big catch-up to get ready for Blackest Night, which is the event that brought me like fully back into comics. W- was that early 09, Blackest Night? Uh, Blackest Night started in
1: summer of 2009. Okay, yeah. So, like- yeah.
0: So- yeah, uh, I either late 08 or early '09 is when I uh, when I first encountered this. So um, I have not read it since. Zach, you are you on the Absolute I've, editions? I, I presume you've read it since.
1: I've probably read it dozens of times. This wow, is okay. probably the one of the things that I've read the most because this was my gateway drug. Um, um, like, I read the first volume and liked it, and probably read it maybe like two or three times before I got the second volume and then i got the second volume and was just all in um like i i've i've said it before like sinestro core wars like probably the like comic i would like most attribute to the reason i read comics
0: wow Vince... I, i'm
1: coming at this with like more nostalgia like rose-tinted goggles than anything we've talked about so far
0: that's really interesting okay and uh, Vince, how often have you, re- or how many times have you read this? You you would guess,
2: uh, just the one
0: time. Okay. Um, interesting. I, I, for some yeah. reason, I, I thought you would have read it more than that.
2: No, I've been. I've never revisited uh, the John's Green Lantern stuff. I read it all um, concurrently as it was being released, but that's that's one I've never revisited. Um,
0: although I've been meaning to over the years. I wonder if part of the reason that I also have not revisited it is that that run in general kind of petered out towards the end. I don't think it ever really got bad, but it just sort of got samey or not super successful, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wonder if maybe that's why. I have a
1: lot to say about that um, over this episode and probably the Blackest Night episode, too.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Um, I I will say – oh, go ahead, Vince.
2: I was just gonna say I, I don't think that's it for me. I think for me this is one of the stories that I remember freshest in my mind from the pre New Fifty Two stuff. Like I was reading a ton of I was reading a ton of stuff back then, like probably almost everything. Um and I still remember all of this very vividly, whereas a lot of the other stuff I've forgotten. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Even even Grant Morrison's Batman, which I fucking love. I, I remember less from that run, uh, less vividly than I do this stuff. I wonder if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if that in part is that Morrison's run is so deep and layered, and this really isn't. <laughs> and that, and, that, and that's, that's no knock on this. They're just very different comics.
2: Right. This is all. Yes. The, th- the, the thing about John's Green Lantern stuff, it, including this for sure, which it, it's, it's what's great about it. But it's that like all of these concepts are very clearly defined and he uses like how many times does somebody say over the course of this event something about I, I want control over the power of fear or fear <laughs> runs all of our lives, you know, or whatever. Like er- everything is a base emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Like f- fear is f- fear is fear. It's this big concept, but in in John's Green Lantern, it's this like tangible thing. It's a it's a it's the force basically, and so are all these other emotions, and they're just they are very clearly defined and they are used as if they are like MacGuffins. That, Whereas,
1: and you you also get multiple recaps. Oh, reiterating sure. all the oh, things that yes you are important or and that you need to be focusing on
2: constantly yes yes but, yeah. but sorry Zach you go ahead I
1: well I was gonna say I wonder because I've been thinking about this a lot you mentioned that you were pretty much reading everything at this point Mo- and I yeah, was,
2: most yeah
1: yeah and I was reading almost nothing you know I was just getting into it I wasn't pirating yet um, I was buying everything legit and so I read very few things and I I had a very small collection and I read them over and over again and reading this again, this time made me very nostalgic for that very like, um, innocent time (laughs) in my (laughs) like comic fandom, Mm -hmm. um, where things actually like everything I was reading felt really special and unique and good. Um, and I kind of feel like we all chase that now and we'll never get it again. And every time we get anything that's like remotely resembling that, it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> um, and that's why comics are a drug.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, Zach is going to lead us through the uh, the first chapter here of Sinestro Core War. So why don't you take it away, buddy?
1: Yeah, so we start off with uh, Green Lantern Sinestra Core Special, number one, written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Ethan Van skyver and also, I guess, co-written by... No. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, that,
0: that was definitely worth a sound check before we started recording.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and I was going to say Gibbons uh name is on, on the cover, Dave Gibbons, but he is not listed in the credits for the issue. But he is kind of the co-writer of this event. He's, you know, the writer of Green Lantern Corps, at least until halfway through when uh, Pete Tomasi, the the writer, I think, who's more associated with this era of Green Lantern Corps, takes over. Uh, yeah, um,
0: I have to say, I totally forgot that this was Gibbons and not Tomasi.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild, um, and it's it's funny because the first Tomasi issues is it sticks out is, is actually like in my mind probably the second or maybe even most memorable issue of this whole event. Um, so we we won't talk about that this week, but next week I'm I'm excited to get into that. But yeah, um, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about real quick before we get into it, Van Sciver's presence on this book because I I really feel like. He is so closely tied and associated with this era of Green Lantern. But really, like, aside from, you know, he did Green Lantern Rebirth and he helped design a lot of the characters and kind of worked a lot with Jon's developing a lot of the concepts. But other than doing Green Lantern Rebirth and then I think this one special, I... Don't think he did anything else. I don't. I don't think he ever illustrated other than like a few pages in in later in Sinestro Corps War. But it's just funny, like thinking about how small of an actual imprint he leaves on this series, but how like large his name looms over it.
0: Refresh my memory. Who was the first ongoing artist for John's Green Lantern after Rebirth?
1: Carlos Pacheco.
0: Really. Uh huh. I totally forgot that. Wow.
1: Yeah, and then um, I'm trying to remember. I know. Um, why can't I think of the artist's name? He worked a lot with Rick Remender on Uncanny Avengers. Um, towards the end, <laughs> I was
0: say John Cassidy. I think he did. It one wasn't issue. John Cassidy.
1: No, it was <laughs> towards the end. Um, I'm really blanking on the names. There were there were like two or three different artists. Kind of before Sinestro core War, um, which I think Ray, Ray, Ivan Reyes might have worked on it a little bit even before Sinestro Core War. But by Sinestro You're thinking War, of Daniel Acuna, Acuna, yep, that's who it is. Uh-huh, he did that uh, sin, that Star Sapphire art. Hmm. Um, but after this kind of starting here and moving forward, this was really the Ivan Reyes show, um, up until Blackest Night when Doug Monkey took over. And I would argue, you know, Reyes and and uh Monkey are like the clear defining illustrators of this run. Um, so but right now we do have to talk about this issue. Okay. illustrated by EBS.
0: Can, can I say one thing about Van skyver first? Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, when I was getting back into comics and sort of going through all of the the John Green Lantern stuff was that was that was my that was really what brought me back into comics. Um, I remember just like, you know, th- this is you know, the internet was certainly a bigger presence in comic fandom than it was when I had stopped reading in 2003 or so. And I remember reading lots of comments about how great Van Sciver was, and just like, you know, the yeah, how his his Green Lantern Rebirth is like the defining visual book of this DC, DC's era, and how it, there was just all this, you know, really over the top praise for Van Sciver. And when I read it, I, I think I, I thought the artwork was okay, but I think I was sort of swept up in this concept of like, you know, you know, sometimes when you're unsure of something, you just kind of take the community's opinion at face value because you don't, you feel like you don't know enough to challenge it. And I felt like at the time I just took for faith for, for, for a fact that Van Skyver was this like fantastic artist, even if I never really felt it myself. And so going back and looking at this issue, I I, I really don't get what the big deal by Van Skyver was at this time.
1: Yeah, me either. And, and I feel you. And like, part of it was that, you know, too, I just, you know didn't have like a good um touch point for like what good comic art was just because i was so new sure and kind of, kind of like you said you know I, I was kind of told by majority opinion that this is what good comic art looked like um but i never would have said that i you know even at that time that i preferred this over like reyes's uh artwork you know um So I mean, there are some really impressive pages in here, um, especially like some of the ones that feature a ton of characters on them. Um, Kind of doing like the George Perez thing, which pretty much anytime any artist who was working with Johns did the George Perez thing, it was kind of critically lauded. Um, And and I think that is kind of where a lot of the EVS praise stemmed from too, but um yeah rereading it in light of kind of i mean not just like the fact that none of us like him anymore (laughs) for (laughs) obvious reasons but we did kind of soured on his art uh, you know around that time too and now now like looking at it in kind of like the light in light of like where his art style has kind of gone to you can see it's not quite like a stark contrast as what I kind of expected. Like it, 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 the signs were always there.
0: Vince, any VanSkyver thoughts? Ah, the less said the better. I,
2: I don't really, I don't really feel the need to weigh in on it. I think, I think everybody, I think everybody knows where I think, I think, I think you you said, uh, you said all I would want to say. Okay, that's fine.
1: Uh, well, then let's talk about the issue. Um, so this issue opens up with Sinestro naked for some reason, doing like <laughs> some kind of ritual with his yellow ring. We get Pilates. some flashbacks. Yeah, he's yeah he's doing naked uh, yellow lantern Pilates. He's punished uh, Sinestro. That's why. <laughs> Gosh, you're really on a punished one today.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean. We're all, we're all being punished in we're some all way. Being
1: punished. Um we get some flashbacks to Green Lantern Rebirth. Uh Sinestro gives his new oath and he's he's Yellow Lantern Sinestro. Um and uh it's uh it's a really it's a big moment, I I guess. You know, I another thing I wanna a ca- caveat I wanna give is just um just due to familiarity and how far we are removed from all of this the the gravity of a lot of these things is just is just wasted it's it's gone um like we're gonna get to a part at the end of this issue that at the time was like the biggest thing ever and now it's just it's just another thing um and it's gonna be hard for that like uh not to bleed in i feel like to my commentary um you guys know what I mean.
2: Well, uh, I no, not really. What do you want to just come out and say it? Because
1: well, uh, like uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, like the the thing on the last page of this issue.
2: Well, just say it, just for our so, listeners.
1: Okay, sure. So we're just gonna jump to the very end. Yeah, this issue ends with the reveal that the the higher ups, uh, the key members of the Sinestra Corps are uh, the Anti-Monitor, Superboy Prime, uh, Cyborg Superman, and Kyle Rayner as Parallax, um, which I just remember at the time, the fact that the Anti-Monitor was like the guardian of the Sinestro Corps war was just like all anyone could talk about on the <laughs> internet, so in yeah. like comic circles. But now it's just like, oh, the Anti-Monitor, who cares? <laughs> He's in every event.
0: Well, so it's <laughs> interesting that you bring that up, because this is the time, I feel like this was the era... Where Johns was just saying, like, you know how there are rules that you don't bring back characters from Christ's Infinite Earths. Well, what if we just ignored those rules? And that mm-hmm. kind of extended to everything. He was just butchering every sacred cow there was, you yeah. know. And and I feel like at the time that felt fresh. Whereas now you look at it and you're like, man, this is the, the this guy is one of the reasons that all this stuff was sort of rushed back. You know, there had been like 25 years. Or tw- maybe it was just twenty years. I guess it was twenty years, with not a lot of anti-monitor, no Superboy Prime, you know, all the sort of stuff that was from Crisis had been left alone, and then Johns is just like, nope, it's, it's all it's all fair game. Let's bring it all back.
2: Yeah, yeah. I had that. I had that same thought while reading this. I I do remember how much people freaked out, but like now, me reading it. You know, this past week, I was like, I was like, oh, they DC just in general was really on one as far as like bringing all this stuff back.
1: But they're still on one about it. They're still doing it. Yeah. Yes, but like that's like the crux of Snyder's whole Justice League.
2: uh, Yeah. Yes. 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 But now with Snyder's stuff, like now we've been doing that for a while where it's kind of like brian says like prior to this jeff John stuff there was this like we're not going to touch this stuff uh anymore and 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 yes snyder is still concerned with that but like that's just the way now that's just the way it is
1: Right, right. And that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, rereading this now, it does not have the same impact that it did No, then.
0: yeah, yeah, no, we agree. We agree. Yeah. 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 Okay. I do okay. wa- I do wonder, and Vince, I, I guess you're the only one who can really answer this question, but, like, people were obviously aware of these characters. I would say the readers of Green Lantern in 2007 might have been more aware of them from Infinite Crisis than Crisis and Infinite Earths, right? But do you think that like was was this a shocking thing or were these characters already kind of floating around the the fringes of these books and they were to a certain degree and so it's just it was more shocking for someone like Zach or me who was not reading things every month
2: um if i remember correctly it was shocking that it was shocking that the anti-monitor was taking such an active role in um, in like a Green Lantern t- crossover versus like some new cry, you know, some new crisis or some like, because because the, the anti is very much like uh an ethereal concept almost. It's not really a character, right? 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 Like they don't really have a personality. They have they have autonomy, um. But, like, it's, it's basically a concept. Of, it's a, it's a, a construct of villainy versus anything resembling a character. And so I think the shock, at least in my mind and, and, like, some of the stuff that I was reading at the time, the shock was more like, wait a minute, the, the anti-monitor is taking, like, an active role as uh, a guardian figure in the Sinestro Corps? That, that drill voice, that's wild. actually that's um howard stern howard stern voice talking to drill but yes yes you 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 catch my meaning like that was what was wild about it not not so much that this character appeared but that this character was in such an unconventional role i think
1: yeah and some of the other things had kind of been seeded like Superboy Prime was imprisoned by the Green Lantern Corps at the end of Infinite Crisis. Cyborg Superman showed up in an earlier arc of John's Green Lantern. Um, But I think the anti-monitor thing really just came out of left field. um, And it was kind of queued up by Infinite Crisis happening. Um, But my understanding is that it kind of was a genuine surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, we have this moment um, where the Justice League is chasing uh, Zoom. Uh, that is the character's name, right? Yeah, yeah. the Hunter Solomon. Hunter Solomon. Kind of yeah, the reverse flash of Wally West era um, that John's wrote extensively. And, um, they're, they're chasing him because they're trying to find out where Sinestro is because there, there have been rumblings that Sinestro is building a core, like in the Green Lantern book leading up to this, like, uh, a, a yellow ring comes and tries to induct, uh, Bruce into the Sinestro core. Um, and so they, they know that something is happening and so they're trying to find Sinestro and there's a lot of just kind of, you know, typical banter, um, just very very like trademark Z and banter here um and um we're kind of slowly introduced to all of the different earth lanterns um the guardians talk very cryptically about the nature of the multiverse in this kind of like post-infinite crisis um you know 52 world structure God, um, we, all remember, guardians. <laughs> we all remember we all remember that classic line in infinite is in an infinite crisis where all the guardians are just sitting around and they all just say 52 at the same time yes. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> um you're
2: laughing it's brilliant
1: it's brilliant uh, we're we're kind of established <laughs> that um cyborg superman and superboy prime are being held on oa um there's this big cafeteria scene where you're clued in that the Earth Lanterns are kind of maybe out of sorts uh, with the rest of the Corps because of, um, you know, all of the uh, the previous stuff. Um, and, and John's through convenient dialogue, you know, reminds us about uh, Zanshi and John Stewart um all, as well, all of the...
0: as well as like the uh were they called the the lost lanterns or
1: yeah so yeah. so the lost lanterns which is a very important like plot point here were the lanterns that tried to stop hal um back when he uh first became parallax and went on his rampage and and it was believed that he killed them um but uh, an earlier uh a john's green lantern arc that preceded this reveal a kind of retcon that and showed that they were still alive and being imprisoned by cyborg superman and the manhunters and so they they've kind of come back and are very mistrustful of how uh because of that um a, a a yellow ring um well earlier kyle had uh captured a yellow ring and he has it with him um but a i don't know if it's the same ring or if it's a different ring a yellow ring uh breaks free into the the cafeteria and teleports kyle away to the antimatter universe where he finds uh the the sinestro core and we get this big splash page of all the different sinestro core members and I, i think this is one of the ones that maybe people would point to um and say you know as an example of evs as a as a good artist and it is very visually stunning i think like when you look at some of the individual characters especially the more humanoid ones it's I, there may be some faults, but I mean, he, he does draw really good, scary monsters and things, which um, that is primarily what the Sinestro Core is made up of.
0: Can, can, um, can I say two quick things here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first is that we should we should remind our listeners, if they're not reading along, that this is when Kyle Rayner was known as Ion and he, mm-hmm. he was not wearing a power ring that the power is coming from within him because uh, that will become important in a little while. And the second thing is that there there are two different pages in this book that Van Sciver turns the orientation of the book so that you get like a double page spread, but long ways, not width wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how I can't remember the last time I saw that in a DC comic.
1: Yeah, it's not super common, and it's something it's something that um, other artists do. I, I think there i know ivan reyes does it at one point in one of his issues and i kind of think that gleason does it too at some point yeah quite possibly
0: Um, it's it's weird it's a weird decision they made
2: Mm
1: -hmm. but it it looks good i think especially like I've, i've been reading through the absolute edition and the the big art really it really pops it looks really good um vince when you were reading that the first time does that does that stand out to you as something special do you remember
2: feeling strongly about that i think when i was i think when i was younger i didn't appreciate it i I think i thought i think i thought it was annoying Um, to have to
1: hold the book sideways
2: yeah yeah (laughs) but but i don't i don't feel that way now but i also don't feel like it's i also don't feel like it's particularly special compared to a different sort of double page spread you know i Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it just strikes me as um unique but not necessarily something that that like the act of doing that doesn't add to the storytelling in the way that like when capullo did the spiraling issue of batman with snyder where where you had to yeah something like that where it serves the story this didn't serve the story. It was just it was just another way to display a double-page double spread, in my yeah. mind, is, is how I looked at it.
0: it what, what's yeah. odd about it, too, is, is I feel like a lot of times, like, for instance, that double-page spread that Zach talked about of the different Sinestro Corps members, that directly precedes a, a page-turn spread of Sinestro and Arkillo And I feel like there's nothing on that page that requires the double-page spread. The, yet, when you look at what Van skyver does beforehand with all those yellow lanterns, it looks great. And they turn the page, it's like, oh, that's interesting, but there's nothing on that. I feel, to me, it feels like a, at the bottom page is totally wasted on that, on that turn. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really strange.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, um, I don't think I'm going to go, like, you know, in super you know detail play by play with this um but it's kind of the important points you know uh the sinestro core um mount an attack on oa um so we're kind of bouncing back and forth between oa and um and cord in the antimatter universe um sinestro uh captures kyle um and there is this revelation uh that Ion, which had been previously just this kind of this energy, this power that Kyle had. Um, but kind of coming off of the heels of the Parallax uh retcon in Greenlander Rebirth, we get the retcon that Ion is actually a living entity, a being of of willpower that's analogous to par uh, parallax and Um, Very gruesomely, Sinestro kind of uh, rips Ion out of Kyle, allowing him to be possessed by uh, Parallax, uh, much in the way that Hal was. Um, We find that um, during the uh, attack on Oa, both uh, Superboy Prime and Cyborg Superman have been freed, and this leads to the big reveal that we had mentioned at the end um, that uh, Anti-Monitor is the guardian of the Sinestro Corps War <laughs> of the Sinestro Corps, and uh, Superboy Prime and Cyborg Superman are also members. And that's pretty much the special.
2: Yeah. Um, I want to circle back to the Guardians, who... <laughs> are just the just, fucking worst <laughs> oh god they just frustrate you so much throughout this thing um you know aside from the two that that kind of a uh, branch off and actually get kicked out of the guardians eventually um yeah oh man they are just infuriating to read this like group of little fascists all plotting together yeah. and <laughs> Some some of their dialogue is very like I hate I hate to do this. It's so like on the nose or or gauche to do this, but like you read some of this stuff and it talks about like uh, you know altering reality or or rewriting the pages of of true you know obscuring with the truth you know and it just makes you think like ah it's freaking what is this freaking twenty twenty or two thousand seven or whatever you know
0: it's um god they suck they're the worst i think that's one of the and they biggest... stay
1: the worst for a long time
0: yeah I, I was just gonna say and that's one of the things about john's run that is the most frustrating is that he does not make the guardians compelling in the slightest
2: well he uses the he uses ganthet and uh Said or saeed as he he uses them for that purpose right so like but you they also, also even suck though. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say that. I was yeah, just gonna it, say it, that like,
0: like to me, one of the one of the interesting things about a a about a lot of Green Lantern runs is the sort of like the the guardians are too aloof. They're not so they, they don't deal with emotion, and you can use that as like the the sort of backdrop from which everybody else can project onto them what's wrong. And the, there's there's a use for that. But I feel like here, they're not even just that blank slate. They're like the dickiest version they can possibly be.
2: Yeah.
0: It's just bad.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing I I kind of skipped over... um there there's this uh sinestra core war member i keep saying sinestra core <laughs> that's gonna be a problem there's a sinestra core member who is a sniper and there's a scene where john's uh snipes him back and this is very much in the era where john was being pivoted from being like primarily known as an architect to being known as a marine yep um and this also is really important because it, it kind of, I was a little confused when reading this because it looks like John just mercs the guy, but he can't because Green Lanterns can't use lethal force. And that's a very important story point yes, for it is. this story. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Anything else about the special? Uh, I, I forgot how much was foreshadowed for the for the future John's run in this special but really in this event in ge- this event in general is basically the Blackest Night prologue in a lot of ways you know mm-hmm. he, all the other lantern corps are kind of teased Blackest Night is teased there's just, there's a lot there
1: yeah do, do you remember how this was billed as the second part of his trilogy with with Green Lantern Rebirth being the first part this is part 2 and Blackest Night was the end of the trilogy, even though the run would continue to go on almost yeah. half as long.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I, I do remember that, and I remember the hype for, um, the hype for Blackest Night based on the teaser at the end. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, but like, <laughs> oh no, yeah, as we're long as to long the very as end, <laughs> as long as you brought it up, the hype after that teaser came out in that issue was like through the roof. That was like oh man the internet yes. was rocking
1: mm-hmm. that and and i think the other thing that kind of is laid to van skyver's name and in you know kind of um the reason he gets so much hype is the the double page spread of the the uh flash forward the big war of light page mm-hmm. yeah that, yeah that which is too. a great
2: page that's a great page
1: yeah very good um yeah, that issue 25 is, like, again, you know, I said, like, that second volume was the thing that really cemented me. And, and that issue was one of the wildest things I think I, I, I've i ever read, you know, in, in superhero comics. So, but we got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Um, first, yeah. next we've got... Uh, well, can I,
2: can I point out one ahead. more thing? Yeah, definitely. The reason why Gibbons is on the cover of this issue is because... Uh, there's a tales of the sinestro core backup okay and it's about it introduces lissa drack as the the keeper of the book of parallax Mm -hmm. um and dave gibbons does the art on that actually
1: interesting okay yeah Yeah, so those were separated out in the uh edition i was reading um but i do see here on the the digital edition it's at the end and it's kind of a the story that they're telling, which I think there had been some of these other tales of the Sinestro core running in the backups of Green Lantern for a little while at this point. Mm. Um, but this one is about uh, the origin of Sinestro himself, fittingly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, and honestly, uh, Lissa Drac, kind of nice with it. Maybe <laughs> you're going to say that. Predictable. anyway sorry go go ahead
1: okay okay next we've got green lantern number 21 uh written by jeff johns illustrated by ivan reyes um i honestly don't have a lot to say about this particular issue um we we get kind of a you know we open up with a uh recap of everything you need to know about Uh, how, you know, he's the best Green Lantern until Coast City happened. He did Parallax, Green Lantern Rebirth happened. Um, we get this, you know, kind of recap, one of the first of many recaps. Um, kind of the big important thing of this issue, um, the big notes that I took were, are that the, the Guardians, uh, talk a lot about the, um, the hidden chapter of the book of oa pertaining to um the prophecy of the blackest night they burn those pages in the book of oa just kind of strip them out um we uh kind of mirroring the recap at the beginning of the issue we have to see Hal seeing his dad die again. Um, yeah. And, and the next time I've, I've been wanting to do a reread of John's Greenland and run just to count how many times we see that scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because I know it was a lot and
2: I'm just wondering if it's more or less than I remember. Um, I don't know why, but it makes me think of like the, the flashback childhood sequences from uh, walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it's like, there's a lot of done in that movie about like uh, the cliches of biopics of musician biopics. And like uh, just every time you go to a flashback, it's always like, you know, Dewey, you gotta do this. And it's a, it's some like cliche, you know, every time I see a flashback of, of uh, Hal, Hal's dad's plane exploding or
0: whatever, I always just think like, Hal
2: Jordan, you don't want no part of this. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: well, it, I would say Hal's dad is second to only uh, Martha Wayne's pearls in terms of, like, heavy-handed flashbacks that are used way too often. And John's never denied an opportunity to use this flashback. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very convenient when you have, like, uh characters, That's not. it's not necessarily what's happening here, but when you have characters who can actually manifest things through uh, hard light constructs, it's very easy to depict those scenes over and over again. <laughs> um, uh, the, I guess, uh, backing up just a little bit, there is a scene where uh, Ganthan and Sade, um kind of try to uh, re-enlist uh, Hal Jordan to their cause. Um, again, just kind of even the good guys are being sort of like manipulative, manipulative uh, little dicks here. And the, this issue ends with um, how confronting the Kyle Rayner parallax um, and, and Kyle has constructs of himself in his uh, various con- uh, costumes, the, like the original one and then the uh, his first Ion costume. And uh, that that's pretty much all. This issue is actually pretty slight, I think, compared to some of the other issues.
0: Yeah, this issue seems poised for folks who didn't know there was a special. Mm, Yes, definitely to to, to catch you up on everything that happened in the special in a in a very condensed way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I I I believe you may you may have already mentioned this, but I believe they don't even call special the special part one of the like. I believe this is part one. Am, am I wrong about yes, that? Yes, I agree. Um,
0: I, I believe they... Hang on, let me look in the trade here. I it it's says the...
1: part two on the cover, but the special says... Prologue. No, the special does say part one. No,
0: no, it doesn't. The special here says, uh, it says prologue, the second rebirth.
1: On the cover, it says the war begins here, number oh, okay. one. Okay. Mm. Yeah. In the yeah. trade,
0: it's listed as the prologue.
1: You're right, it does. And I think I don't have my well i I could check, but i I know that in the um, uh, absolute it lists the special as prologue as well um, hmm. So yeah, I think in the collections this is technically chapter one, even though in singles it looks like it was billed as chapter two. okay okay um, very confusing but it definitely does feel like that, you know, it, it's for people who didn't read the special. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, don't have much else to say about this issue. Do you guys have anything?
2: No, I think that's good for this one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: Uh, Brace's art is really good. It's, um, I, I don't think he's not at the height of his powers yet. Um, but this is kind of the beginning of that. I think, um, Okay, then we've got Green Lantern Corps number 14, written by Dave Gibbons, illustrated by Patrick Gleason and Angel Unzueta. Um, man, I could gush about Patrick Gleason Green Lantern Corps <laughs> art for days.
0: I could um, also gush about Angel Unzueta, Green Lantern Corps art for days. This issue looks great every, in every which way.
1: Mm, yeah um the thing that always sticks out to me especially about kind of this era of green lantern core was how much it often kind of towed the line between being like a a cosmic book and like a horror book because it's just it's just gruesome Uh uh-huh um the characters are so disturbing and and there's a character who we see in Sinestro core war but who doesn't play a role um until kind of after the event wraps up uh crib um do you guys remember her the the one who would carry children around on her back yes mm-hmm. um and that was kind of that was at the point where uh tomasi and gleason were kind of the sole um team on green lantern core and and that i think like that stuff just stands out so well to me but um we um we do, we kind of open up on this massacre of, of um, Sinestro Corps members attacking Green Lanterns. We go to Korrigar, Col- which is the homeworld of Sinestro and uh Nick Natu, who is a, a newer Green Lantern that's been introduced at this point um, from Korrigar. From and she is kind of being propped up as a, a figurehead for this revolutionary movement that's trying to kind of topple the fascist government um and we get this great reveal of of sinestro kind of descending onto the planet where he's all in shadow there's a lightning bolt behind him that that page looks so good and it's kind of emblematic i think of a lot of the like really great artwork in this run Mm -hmm. um we get a um we we cut away to kind of the other a uh, concurrent plot that's kind of running through the green lantern core issues at this point which is uh the lantern green man and his partner stell uh who is a robotic green lantern um who i think prior to the event um kind of in the lead up there had been a, a sinestro core attack that had left uh stell heavily damaged um back on Corigar, uh Sornik and, and Sinestro are fighting. Um, and Sinestro is manipulating the situation to allow Sornik to kind of be viewed as the hero of Corigar, um, kind of allowing her to be set up as not, not quite a puppet ruler because she's not working for Sinestro, but she's serving his, Cause she, she she's playing into his scheme. Yeah, he, he basically
0: and, says to her like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna trick the people here into thinking that you're the the ruler that this planet needs. Then you'll be spending all of your time here. You won't be able to be an effective Lantern elsewhere. And I have basically won."
1: Yes. Yeah. And um, do we get the big reveal in Sinestro core War? Does it come later?
0: I don't remember. I I have not read to the end of Corps War for this yet. I believe it comes later.
1: Okay, well then I, I won't mention it yet. Then I couldn't I couldn't remember if it was in the event or if it came later. Um, so I'll move I'll move on. We'll we'll put a pin in that. Um, we get this scene of uh, Kilowog uh, briefing uh, a group of rookie Lanterns, um, who are about to. Um, uh, kind of go join uh, in the in the fight, and um, there are a lot of characters here who are going to be really important in the Green uh, Lantern Corps run moving forward. Some really really good characters, but of note here we have Aresia, who is an older character. Um, she once dated Hal, even
2: though she was only fourteen. Um... Well, now wait a minute. <laughs> T- technically, let me put on my libertarian. Uh hat here and no i'm just kidding on her planet the age of consent is 12 yeah
1: (laughs) um and also uh sodom yat who is not a new character but is this incarnation is new um and this just opens up a whole can of worms that if left unchecked i could probably talk about for like an hour (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um Well for, for I, those
0: for those who maybe don't know, uh Sodom is actually an Alan Moore creation. Um and he is a Daxamite, which is the race that sometimes Monel is, <laughs> sometimes he's not. <laughs> um and, yeah. and he's they is, were featured in Invasion. Yes. And uh-huh. and he, he is sort of uh, he he is prophesied to be very important.
1: If anyone's interested in uh, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps number two, I think, is the issue. Um,
0: Green Lantern is gonna... annual number two.
1: Okay. The first Green appearance? Green Lantern annual number two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alan Moore did a story called Tigers, T-Y-G-E-R-S, that Johns used very liberally. In the in this event in particular and as a foundation point for his entire run. And I don't that's not a bad thing. Some people have used that as a knock against John's Um, and we've definitely talked about how John's has cribbed from it more a lot since this point. But I actually think that this the usage of that one story to build out this whole story is actually pretty brilliant and a lot of fun and really
2: exciting um mm-hmm.
1: what do you guys think
2: yeah i agree i mean yeah if you're talking about like the the morality of the alan moore and dc situation i i don't think the green lantern stuff really factors in there
0: no i agree with that yeah
2: i, I think that's a I think that's a stretch to you know
0: yeah, But but anyway. Uh, a, yeah. couple, a couple couple more Sodom yet. Just notes here. Uh, he was supposed to be a big part of the Twilight of the Superheroes event that Alan Moore was doing. Um, but obviously that never happened. Although, is that book out already now? The one that has the, the pitch in it? Uh, I don't
1: think so. I think it's coming
0: out soon. Um, yeah. But also that this character... Like in other John stuff and in other DC stuff, survives until the thirty first century. Um, yeah, I, I know that's a fight. There's a Legion of Three Worlds thing there, as well as when when Legion of Superheroes relaunched not long after this. Sodom Yet was a character in that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and it was it was the same incarnation that was in Legion of Three
0: Worlds. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. Um, and we we have seen him a bit. Post the John's, um, John's Tomasi runs, um, he showed up a bit in, I think, Robert Venditti's run, and he showed up recently in the arc that Robert Venditti did on Justice League, um, but he is a shell of his former self.
0: Yeah, Um, it's also interesting that, like, um, John's took so much from this story. But if I recall correctly, he just kind of peters out in Johns' run, right? There's not like a big moment that mm. ends everything.
1: No, there is. He has a big moment in Green Lantern Corps. He,
0: he,
1: he features much more. He, he's pretty much a main character in Green Lantern Corps.
0: I, we'll talk about this later. I can't remember that big moment, which is probably more about my memory than how big the moment was.
1: Well, I actually. So there is a big moment in Green Lantern Corps leading up to Blackest Night. But then Tomasi brings him back in that do you remember that Green Lantern and Emerald Warriors yeah, Guy yeah, Gardner series? Yeah. He was in that. Maybe that's and what I thinking And then that of. book petered out. <laughs> okay, maybe that's
0: what I'm thinking of then. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: so yeah, so uh, you, you are we're you're you're both right, yeah, yeah. Um but uh we he he gets special attention here because uh Salak tells uh, Arizia to um, keep a close eye on Sodom. He's he's important. Um, then, uh, kind of the big reveal at the end of this issue: um, Stell and Green Man are going to Mogo because um, they they need to repair Stell, and they also need to protect Mogo because he's he's extremely important. He's responsible for both. Um, mentally training the green lanterns and also sending out the rings to find new green lanterns um but this this issue ends with the reveal that the sinestro core has their own sentient planet lantern uh ranks which is a uh was a sentient city introduced earlier i think in green lantern core at this point but has now become a planet
0: and that's where this issue ends so I just want to comment this is sort of a general Green Lantern core comment from this both these issues, but it's not spoiling anything for the next issue. I feel like my memory of the John stuff is much better than my memory of the Green Lantern core stuff. so and also the Green Lantern core stuff has not been sort of beaten to death in future events. So I found the GLC stuff really very fun in this more so. That I was finding the Green Lantern stuff. Not, not that I was disliking the Green Lantern stuff, but it was just, it was really fun to go back and revisit this core stuff.
1: It's it's really interesting. I think that John's, as the idea guy, is definitely, you know, he deserves a lot of the like praise and attention for this run. But I think almost all of his ideas and concepts get better executed in Green Lantern core than they do in Green Lantern. Mm
2: hmm. Yeah.
1: Throughout the series. Um, I'm excited to talk about it, but like the GLC issues of Blackest Night are like some of the best stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's do this. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the last three issues of this volume. So stay tuned. So
1: that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, next up we have Green Lantern Twenty Two, Johns and Reyes again. Um, we uh, we open up um, with all of the the Green Lanterns being called back to Oa because. Um, the Guardians think that that is going to be the Sinestro Corps' main uh, target. Um, we we come back to Hal fighting Parallax, and um, things seem pretty dire for him, but the Lost Lanterns uh, come and kind of come to his rescue. We get this weird interlude of Superboy Prime just sitting on uh, the moon looking at the Earth, and he, he says, <laughs> stupid Earth. Um <laughs> he's too perfect <laughs> um we find out that uh, that cyborg superman um has new war, new war world um and he's prepping it um with the help of the anti monitor for some plans that they have um and we find out you know kind of each of the the individuals who are helping out uh, the bigger, uh, you know, the big guns who are helping out with the Sinestro Corps, Superboy Prime, Cyborg Superman, they all have something that they want to get out of this. And uh, Cyborg Superman just wants to die. And so he is, uh, we find out that after he fulfills his uh, end of the bargain, Anti-Monitor is going to kill him.
2: Um, Hank Henshaw is the most relatable character in this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um we cut back to the lantern fight and um we get a a pretty brutal casualty here, the the death of the one and only Jack T chance. Um look how they massacred our boy. I really like Jack T. Chance. I think like his name is so dumb. He wears that stupid duster. He's such a good character. Um, and
2: well, john's didn't he, think
1: so. You he, he didn't think so. Um, he does come back later. Um, but yeah, all of, it, it's really interesting. I didn't I I didn't mention this earlier, but. Um, it's very convenient, I guess, actually, that all of these characters that uh, make up the Lost Lanterns are really like well designed and interesting characters. They yeah. make a very they're a very cool group. Um
0: It's one of those groups that like there really should have been a miniseries about at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there definitely should have. And and they all well, the ones that survived Sinestro Core War for the most part go on to like play really interesting roles, particularly like Boudica and um Lyra um have some really interesting developments um that I would I would have loved to have seen gotten more attention. Um I'm I I'll go ahead and say I think like my biggest complaint of the whole John's Green Lantern run is how is, is just the pacing is terrible and things that should have had much more room to breathe were truncated and, and things that, um, didn't need as much attention were given so much more attention than was necessary. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I think about kind of how squandered the run is, um, and how, and we'll get to, we'll get to some like really key examples of that in this episode. But, um, we, we do, um, uh, we see the the lost lanterns kind of descend into Quard and they split off into two groups. We have uh, John or, or we have Hal and uh, a couple of the lost lanterns who go off to look for John and Guy. and then the rest of the uh, lost lanterns continue their mission to try to find ion. Um, and... Uh, There's there's an important... Oh, there is one thing that I did mention that's really important. Boudicca's ring is locked because she tries to use lethal force in retaliation for uh, Jack T. Chance being killed. And the issue ends with Hal's group coming uh, across Lysidrax again. Um, And that's where this issue wraps up.
2: Yeah. Just one thing I wanted to say about the... um the lost lanterns that that neither of you guys said was i maybe this is maybe this is like a presumption or something i'm inserting uh on my part just because i'm so familiar with the characters but they're a group of characters that you can almost tell you can almost pick them out of the crowd like when they're standing among the other lantern corps members just by looking at them you can go oh those are the lost lanterns you know they have kind of this like rough and tumble feel to them visually, and I think that that's 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 on uh, Ivan Reyes, I would assume doing a good job rendering them. Yes, they're very well designed, yeah,
1: yeah, and I think he actually illustrated that lost lantern's arc as well, mm. so okay um I'm pretty sure um anything else on green lantern twenty two no i'm good okay um next we've got glc 15 uh, which continues the same creative team gibbons gleason Unzueta. and the the cover is really fun because it's kind of this um like wrestling match bill where you have city versus planet killer versus warrior and this kind of highlights this um the trend for the sinestro core wars there are a lot of like green lantern analogs you know uh ranks is the opposite of mogo archilo is the opposite of Kilowog. there's a salak uh analog there's the book um, of
0: parallax and the book of oa
1: yep exactly uh-huh and um which is it's fun um I, it's again kind of you know very i guess obvious and, and i guess simple in a way but it's also good it's very very fun and like the Kilowog archilo rivalry is extremely good and um pays off in some good ways like i know in the venditti run um and and i kind of think we we see them go head to head many times over the the course of the green laner book so it's it's good um we um we meet mogo's partner um well first i want to say this page um with green man and Stell standing on mogo and staring up at ranks and all of the the yellow lights twinkling in the sky That are the green lantern Or the yellow lanterns kind of descending Such a great page Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful um, But we meet Mogo's partner who Who is bizzed um, Or buzzed um, Who is a, a fly He's a fly green lantern And I, I just always love that that pairing You have this planet that's a green lantern Who's paired with a, a housefly Essentially <laughs> um, It's very good um, things look bad, but then Kilowog and the rookie crew of Lanterns show up. Uh, we get this dazzling double page spread that is also, um, kind of littered with these catty cornered panels that kind of twist around the page in a really interesting way. Um, it's not particularly easy to read, but it's, a it's very disorienting in a way that I think is intentional, um we uh we see the the kind of salak analog this um An- anka what where, ankafos ankafos yeah ankafos um and he is talking to this uh this child uh looking character this baby looking character named Revilian. um that will end up being really important here in a minute um we find out that that ranks has uh these gravity disruptors that uh it can use to drill down into mogo's crust um because the sinestral core um their goal is to try to destroy mogo which requires them getting to the ring which is at the core of the planet um we um we have this character who uh, was with Guy Gardner in an earlier arc where, where ranks was introduced. I'm trying to find his name because it's such a good name. Um, it, it's, it's, I can't find the whole thing. I'm like skipping past it. I should have written it down, but it's like, it's Kathos uh, it's just a bun. It's a bunch of gibberish, which a lot of Greenlander names are. But it's really yeah. good. I wish I could find it. I don't know why I keep like just walking over it. But um, the- he mentions uh, the children of the white lobe, um, which is another concept from the Alan Moore story that we mentioned previously. And they're these uh, children with like psychokinetic abilities that can essentially. They're basically like human bombs, essentially. And um, the Sinestro Corps using them is weaponizing them uh to to attack mogo. Um killowog tries to separate Ar- Rizia and Sodom yet, yeah, which um the Guardians, you know, have kind of told her that she needs to stay with him and so she's kind of protective. And then we we cut to this sequence of the the guardians talking at length about the prophecy of the blackest night. You know they they mention how Quord and and the white lobe and ranks all moving against Mogo are um, you know signs of the prophecy. They mention the final blink bl- blink bomb, which is from the original Alan Moore story. Um, Ganthat mentions the beating of blue skinned drums, which is another big thing. Um, and they're all just kind of arguing amongst themselves, and they come to the conclusion that they are going to have to rewrite the Book of Oa to uh, prevent the uh, the Blackest Night from occurring. And, and it isn't, uh, I should mention that part of the Blackest Night prophecy is that Sodom Yat yeah, will die, which is part of the reason that the Guardians are um, giving him so much attention. Um, but this issue ends with the group of Lost Lanterns who are looking for ION uh, coming across the Anti-Monitor at the core of Cord. Uh And that is GLC-15.
0: Zach, I think you're right that so many of the ideas that Johns introduces are just done so much better here.
1: Yeah. Are, are there like any in particular that like stand out to you, or that like make you say that?
0: I guess my my big my big thought from this issue in particular is I feel like even though the guardians still suck here, they suck in a more interesting way. Yeah, um, I definitely feel that way when when reading this. That just this is not like the garden variety boring guardians that we get from everything that Johns does, pretty much.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think think the other thing that really benefits GLC over Green Lantern is that Green Lantern is primarily dealing with the Earth Lanterns and GLC is dealing with all of the other Lanterns and it has this cast of very interesting alien characters um, that are really unique. They have unique personalities and kind of unique driving forces um, whereas I don't think John's ever really got a good grasp on all of the Earth characters and and the fact that he's focusing on Hal who's easily the least interesting of, of all of them um there, I, this next issue is going to open up with Hal kind of monologuing about how he hates horror movies, but how he thinks rom coms are even scarier. Like, oh, just God. Like, come that, on, like, yeah, that's like, the worst thing. In that's,
0: miserable. That's, that's
1: really bad, <laughs> yeah, just awful, awful. And like, this is the this is this character, though, like, that's that's how, and like, Hal's the worst. Um. But you have. But I think I think
2: that's even extreme for like a, a character that you think is bad. Like I think that's just bad writing.
1: Maybe yeah, yeah, it is. It's not great. Um, so that I mean that's another reason that like GLC really stands out in my mind compared to Green Lantern. Um, it's just because like Johns is just working with much less interesting characters in my opinion. Well,
0: I, um, I'll I'll somewhat push back against that. I think that john kyle and guy can all be interesting characters but john's does not do well with any of them yes
1: well and i should say kyle and guy at this point are green lantern core book or green lantern core characters primarily it's right right. john and hal feature more in green lantern and the kyle the kyle and guy stuff in glc is extremely good um because at this point they're honor lanterns um john and hal are the two lanterns of uh of earth whatever they're yeah of earth of their sector yeah 2814 that's right um yeah which was a which was a good status quo um but um anything else on this issue
2: no um I have a question though. Are we are we going to read any of the um, tales of the Sinestro Core or anything like that? That went uh, alongside so I did, this. I didn't.
1: I didn't read them because they weren't. Um, they they weren't in the section of the book that I read. Um, sure. Are there any in particular that you want to talk about? Because we Well, can.
2: can I? Yeah. Let me. Can I just inject that there was a Parallax one that came out. Um, in between this issue that you mm-hmm. talked about in the, in the previous one. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, can I just mention it real quick? and sure. Cause there yeah. are a couple of interesting points in it. Um, so this, it's about parallax. It's written by Ron Mars art from Adriana Mello. Um, and it reiterates this. It's, it's basically Kyle in his own head because parallax is in control of his body at that point. And so it's, it's kyle kind of mentally facing off uh, with parallax in his own mind and in his mind he's in this house he's in his childhood home which has this painting that he mentions in an earlier issue yes um the painting of the boy in the field Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and anyway it it's this issue is basically an excuse to kind of sort of revisit the origins of kyle and parallax a little bit um but how it resolves is um you know essentially kyle fights parallax and makes peace with his childhood when he finds out that this painting was actually painted by his mother and left for him um and it gives him you know some sense of sense of peace of mind or whatever um but the the great thing about this issue is the art because uh, Adriana Mello's art is great the way it is, but there are some paintings. First of all, the painting of The Boy in the Field is of a different style. It's more of a painterly style, um, and it plays really nicely within the art. Um, but also there are these sketches of Parallax is kind of taunting Kyle with you know memories of all the the women in his you know whether they were his mom or, or his former girlfriends who all suffered you know pretty much some some sort of tragedy, uh, as we all know, um, by being involved with Kyle and uh, there's sketches that are meant to be Kyle's sketches of them that appear in this and they're all really well done and it's a very like beautiful moment in this issue I think. Um, that's worth checking out if you have any interest in this um it's it's a nicely it's a nicely done issue from Mars and Mellow.
0: It's interesting how at this time Ron Mars was basically brought out of the mothballs whenever there was a Kyle story to be told, yeah, because I don't think John's gave a shit <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you just got you got a lot more of of Mars doing doing Kyle stuff like he did that, he did that ion mini series. Um, you know, it was just, that's just what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All of the, the yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. J- Johns just didn't do much with Kyle at all. Um, cause like I said, he was in Green Lantern Corps and also, yeah, Mars did that Ion book that ran after Infinite Crisis, b- between Infinite Crisis and this, um, which I've never, I've never actually read. Um, so I, I don't know much about it.
0: Um, I think the the only thing that that Johns really did for Kyle was give him the torchbearer title.
1: See, and even I thought that that was from something else, but may- maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right, Vince. I've I've read this issue before. It was it was in like a separate trade. It's, I think it's in the Absolute, maybe, but it was in like a a third, kind of when the Sinestro Corps was released, there were the two main volumes and then a Tales of the Sinestro Corps kind yes. of like side companion. And, and I had all those, definitely. Mm. Um, also very fun. I don't know if we're going to end up talking about this, but there was a Secret Files um, issue that um, had all of the different Green Lanterns uh, in it. And I just poured over that. Um, so much so many great designs um, really really good stuff Um, anything before we get to Green Lantern 23
0: no go for it no okay
1: all right so I think this is the last issue we're gonna talk about tonight Um, this issue the cover is a um, homage to um, the cover from Emerald Twilight, where Hal is wearing all of the Green Lantern rings.
0: 2048, yeah. um, I
1: believe. I think so. Yeah. I have it a- here. I have, say,
0: I have it hanging on my wall in a different room from that that I'm in right now. <laughs> I have it signed by yeah, Ron so- Marles and, and Daryl Banks, actually. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and only so only here he's wearing his Green Lantern ring, and then a bunch of yellow our rings, uh which one of those is just huge. The one on his middle finger <laughs> on his uh left hand, um just gigantic. john um,
0: loves that image. There there was a press photo for a while of Johns like mimicking yes. that with all the Green Lantern rings on his hand.
1: Yes. Uh huh. Um we open up with Hal's brother Jim, uh who is kind of just, you know, uh, Angsty, uh, very, very, um, frustrated, uh, looking over, uh, his, his insurance policy has been canceled. He, he's living in Co City at this point. Um, there's kind of this effort to repopulate Co City after it's been rebuilt, you know, following, um, following it, uh, Co City being destroyed by Cyborg Superman in, uh, Reign of the Supermen. Um, his daughter wakes up, um, because she had a nightmare and she says, is is Uncle Hal going to kill somebody? Which is, um, really, really weird foreshadowing, I think, or, or not, it's not even foreshadowing because he's not going to kill anybody. Um, is he?
2: He's not, but I think that's referring to the, um, the, the, yes yeah the, okay. the 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 ch- the the first law the first new law of the green lanterns
1: yes uh-huh um all right, I'm gonna have to do something because my notifications are set that all these stinkers you guys are sending me are flipping <laughs> on my <laughs> only computer one person and it's is really annoying stinkers. only no. it is not me notifications uh, off yeah um. Uh, so we open up um, with um, how thinking rom coms are are the stuff nightmares are made out of. Oh, uh, that's Scott so dumb. Can't commit. I,
2: I just hate that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Zach, doesn't that remind you of something that Sawyer would have said in one of the later seasons of Lost?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But but even worse, even Speaking worse.
0: Speaking of
2: stinkers,
1: um, we um, they they fight. Uh, john and and guy are freed um we find out that the book of parallax was making john relive anxiety over and over again because of course yeah of course you. yes
2: yeah <laughs> which um just... called, call back to a uh, uh a, a prior crisis management right
0: yes yes uh-huh. our our, yeah. our cosmic, cosmic odyssey, odyssey.
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and Guy kind of talks like vaguely about his like his you know drunk dad and and the time that guy was in a coma, and um,
0: he basically gives the Judd Nelson speech from uh, Breakfast Club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Hal's ring has, is at like one percent; it's about to die, and so obviously the smartest thing to do is just put on a fistful of yellow rings. and And I remember this. I, I, before I even got to this page, I had the line in my head. I don't know why this sticks with me, but there's, he puts these rings on and he kind of has this evil grin, but then there's this narration box that just says, this is wrong. (laughs) And, and and I don't know if it's supposed to be, that's what Hal is thinking to himself or we're cutting away to the next scene. And that's the first thing that the, the guardian is saying. Um, I guess it can be read either way, but I, I, I don't know why that sticks with me. I think it's, I can't say it's dumb, but it's like, it just clashes with that scene in I mean, a weird it's not, way. Not dumb. <laughs> yeah. This is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, we, we cut to the Guardians. Uh, again, they are talking about how they have to rewrite the Book of Oa. It's very much uh, Ganthan and Said against the rest of the Guardians. Um, they talk about how, um, you know, rewriting the book that they have sworn to uphold at all costs is madness. Um, and because they resist, Ganthan and Said are banished. Um, we cut back to the uh, Lost Lanterns and kind of get a replay of the scene from the the end of the last issue of Green Lantern Corps. A really striking page. I think them walking into that room where the anti-monitor is just looming over everything. It looks like he's kind of performing cosmic surgery on Ion. Such a good page. And instantly uh Kahan, uh, one of the Lost Lanterns, just just gets murked. He bites the dust. Um and so another Lost Lantern is lost. Um, Hal is using you know all of these yellow rings. He's kind of fighting against it. He he's kind of able to resist because of the time he spent as Parallax. Um, but he can't
0: really do much. Like Sinestro kind of yeah. says, like, "Oh, look at you trying."
1: Yeah, he's yeah he's just trying. And this actually kind of begins like a huge trend in John's lantern run of different lanterns wearing different colored rings to various effects um which is both like one of the both coolest and also like most underutilized things from the entire run um like there's an arc where john where hal wears a blue ring for like four issues and before that he wears a red ring for like two issues um there's eventually an arc where each of the four Earth Lanterns have to wear a different ring because the Green Lantern rings all get corrupted. Um, it, it's a huge thing. And and we could probably spend like even more time just talking about how saturated the whole emotional spectrum thing became to the point where they kind of had to shelve it uh, for a few years, even even though I don't – I think it was just – even. Even though it was overused, it was underutilized, and I, I still think there's like so much rich material to like be mined there. I'm yeah. really hoping whoever takes over after Morrison brings that stuff back and does something cool
0: with it. L- Let me just put a little hint out there. Uh, not a hint. I guess this is a this is a throwback. Something we haven't recorded yet. But before you hear this episode, you'll hear us talk about Future State, and I think there's a callback to that in that teaser image.
1: I think I know what you're talking about and I I don't know if I agree but we'll talk about that on that episode. Yeah. Um
2: um I think the the problem with it was they just introduced all of it way too quickly.
1: Yes. You yes. know,
2: there's there's so much potential there and they basically introduced it almost all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um,
1: all in the, like, you know, 15-ish issues between Sinestro Core War and Blackest Night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and in addition, I feel like they introduced, at most, two Lanterns for each of those Corps. Like, obviously, for Orange, there's only Larflees, right? But I feel like the Red Lanterns, they're there could have been five or six interesting characters introduced but because they had to rush through it to get to the other core you get like one or two interesting characters but not enough to build anything really lasting out of Mm
1: -hmm. yeah which gets to the pacing thing and like the whole meta analysis of like john's run is i I really think it was crippled because of how successful Sinestro core was and, and DC wanting to get to Blackest Night because they knew it was going to be a cash cow. And I you know, the, the evolution of what seemed to be Blackest Night as just kind of another Sinestral core War type crossover to its own event miniseries. Um, and it's clear, or I, it seems clear to me that there were changes that were made. Some I think some of the vision was corrupted by corporate,
0: intervention
1: it always Personally. is it always is I, also, I, definitely I think I, I, there should have been like two or three years between this and Blackest Night
0: I agree with that but I was also going to say like if there's one writer at DC who seems to be okay with corporate synergy it is Johns Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure that while he wishes he could have told the story his own way I feel like there's no one that would give less resistance than Johns to that sure
1: but it's, it's just so frustrating to me that like you know blackest Night came out you know maybe a little over a year or so after Sinestral core war ended maybe like a year and a half
0: it's like i think, and, it's, I think it's close to two years actually right
1: uh, this probably wrapped up at the end of 20
0: 2007 or okay, about. okay okay yeah so
1: yeah i mean it, between a year and a half and two years probably mm-hmm. um and uh but then Johns would go on to do like another forty odd issues of Green Lantern. Um that just never matched any of the build up to Blackest Night. and and it just is you know, if if you could have just held it in a little bit longer and use some of that time to um kind of flesh everything out a little bit more i just think it could have been so much better um but we have what we have and what we have are uh the 10 new laws of which i think we only ever learned three
0: <laughs> is this like the the seven uh forces from john's uh-huh. from, uh, from snyder's green lantern yeah. uh, snyder's uh justice league rather yeah, it's, even, uh, it's
2: even more egregious somehow.
1: It is <laughs> even more egregious because, you know, I think we only learn the first new law in Sinestro Core War. Um, the second new law is just a variation on the first law. And it's <laughs> completely, they, they did not, it breaks my brain um, because it's just bad. It's just bad writing. Like this is what, this is the thing that Johns was really good at, which was, putting this idea, this tease, and then, like, getting you so excited about it, and then just not fulfilling. Like, we're presented with the idea here that the he, he Guardians... He gets off on these... being
2: withholding. He does. Sure. He really
1: does. We're presented with this idea that the Guardians have created these ten new laws, and they're going to be revealed piecemeal. Um, and, and you get the idea that they're all, you know, um, very, very significant... Um, And so the first one we find out is that uh, lethal force has been authorized against the Sinestro Corps, um, which is a big deal and is actually we'll kind of find out was um, Sinestro's goal. Um, He, he like wanted this to happen. He kind of orchestrated this change. Um, And we're not, we're not going to really talk about this story because it comes after Sinestro Corps war. Um, But this, the next law is that lethal force is authorized against all enemies of the green Lantern Corps. Um, so logic, <laughs> why it, it doesn't make sense that they would make that like one of the 10 laws that they set down here, like, okay, we're going to write one law and then we're going to write another law. It's that's exactly
0: just the just same.
1: Exactly. Just broader. Yeah. Um, it's really frustrating. We, there were actually 14 laws or, or four laws that got revealed. And then one of them was repealed. Um, the other two, since I don't think we're going to get to them, uh, is, uh, physical relationships and love between green lanterns is forbidden, uh, within the core that gets repealed. And then the next one that gets, uh, the, the fourth new laws that the Vegas sector is no longer outside of green lantern core jurisdiction. Um, it um it would have made a lot more sense if John's Hattons pulled that number of ten out and just said that you know they're going to be adding to the book as needed because it also doesn't make any sense that they would make those laws right now, you
0: know. Yeah. Um, I feel like we have to honor our friend James Johnston here and say that these are the uh, worst new rules since Bill Maher. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> come on you know I had to do that yeah yeah
1: um, but anyway r- rant on that over um, and and this issue kind of it kind of comes to a big climax where there's the reveal that this whole time we kind of think that the Sinestral core is going to be converging on Oa uh, but we actually find out that the point that they're focusing on is not the center of the universe but the center of the multiverse uh, and that is Earth. Uh, so, yeah, that is Green Lantern 23.
0: Yeah, any thoughts on um, on the event so far?
1: <sighs> it's really good, but it's also really frustrating.
0: <laughs> I wonder, I, I don't mean to open a huge can of Warmen at the end of the show, but... I wonder how much of it is good versus how much of it is good ideas. Absolutely.
2: Mm, yeah. That I, was I'm gonna... that was
0: one of the bigger things that I took from this reading. Sorry, Vince, go ahead. I I think probably
2: objectively you're right,
0: um, but I think
2: like being a being a little more charitable than that, I'm just going to push back a little and say like at the end of the day. This is kind of what event comics should resemble to me. Um, lots of ideas. Maybe you could say you wish that some of them were better executed, you know, but I think like this thing moves at such a fast pace that I think that 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 kind of helps with that. Um, it's dumb. It, you know, it's not Shakespeare but like for the most part as an event it's 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 inoffensive it doesn't do anything crazy that like really upsets you or changes a character in a way that's like you know unforgivable or or totally out of character or anything and it just gives you a fun ride with the promise of a bunch of new lore um in this corner of the DCU that was until John's got there like pretty underutilized as of late and i think like i think i think i think that's why we remember it so fondly and i think that that's worth something you know i think that that's definitely that's definitely worth something um yeah i I don't i don't think you're wrong but i think like i
0: agree
2: i think like i think like corporate comics
0: events like this kind of thing is just about the best that you can hope for you know Sure, I, the one thing I do want to push back on slightly, and I, I don't want to make this a whole thing. And yes, this is pedantic, is that this really wasn't an event comic? This was a crossover between two, like books. The, but this, it feels
1: well. Like why an the event. hell
2: are why the hell are we talking about it? It this feels is, like an event, though. Well, like, that's what Yes. So it, big.
0: Yes, and that is why we're talking about it. But yeah. I just, I just feel like you know, I have a little bit more sympathy for. The const, the constraints of a of an event. If this was an event, if Johns wanted to make this five times as long, I don't think DC would have blinked an eye because this was the Lantern books. This is what he was doing in them. It's not like he needed to fit this in for any real reason. And so mm-hmm. that that's what, bug, what bugs me. It's just I feel like th- there's a lot of stuff that's really glossed over in these issues that would have been really fun to examine in more depth, and we never. We never circle back there. We never get there at all. We are just sort yeah. of left with, with, with uh, an event that feels a little bit half baked.
1: Well, it's also worth noting, I think that like I think you know, Green Lantern was kind of a beginning to be like a critical darling at this point, um, or it had been. A, you know, Green Lantern Rebirth did really well. I think the the ongoing did well before this, but this was like. The point where it was really on the map this this was the point where it was a big deal Mm -hmm. and you know i don't think the book was big enough at this point for it to be its own you know tentpole event or anything um but like this was the reason john's got to do blackest night this was the reason john's got to do new krypton um
0: you think this is the reason he got to do that stuff and not infinite crisis i do yeah wow interesting
1: um, because, like, Infinite Crisis was, like, its own big thing. It was, like, the, you know, big line-wide crossover, um, which I know Blackest Night was as well. But I think if this hadn't done as well, like, like, Infinite Crisis was a series. Like, this and New Krypton were, like, crossovers, like, big initiatives within, like, uh, you know crossovers between different series, which DC wasn't doing as much at this point.
0: Okay, sure. What what I was gonna say was I feel like that this is the reason that Johns got to do Justice League. Like this is this is what put people in the like Jeff Johns is the is the man now. And I don't think that New Krypton was necessarily a reaction to that, but I think like everything. From Blackest Night onward is because of this. And I, I know that New Krypton kinda came out contemporaneously with that, but you understand what I'm saying. Like this, yeah, this is I what set I... him up for the to be the the mover and shaker for the entire line.
1: Sure. I guess like I'm I'm saying New Krypton because I remember specifically reading like when that was about to come out, people like expecting that to be the next Sinestro Core War because okay. Okay. the st- structure was similar um and like it's it's like oh johns is about to do for the superman books what he did for the green Lantern books which didn't happen
0: <laughs> no it did not
1: um but it, i think the i think the success of that is kind of like what set up the expect expectations for that and for that to happen and then also what, what allowed blackest night to become its own like infinite crisis level tent pole event yeah
0: any other notes? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. Well, thank you for listening, folks. It's been fun to talk about this. We shall return next week with a, a second. Actually, no, I guess next week is our Death Metal uh, coverage. Week after will be Sinestro Core Part 2. And so until then, if you have to get in touch with any of us, uh, two-thirds of us are on Twitter. I am at BrianNeedsInApp.com. And I am at Woker Fox. If you need to find Vince, Vince is collecting all the rings he can find from uh, his neighbor. He has a metal detector. He goes out there and gets them from the ground all the time and puts them on in the mirror every morning and recreates that lovely Jeff Johns press photo. He's not recreating the Green Lantern covers, just the Jeff Johns press photo.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I'm eating a big bowl of cereal like like Jeff Johns would. Yeah. What man. The mean? man loves cereal. Does he? I, I
1: didn't know that. What? Oh, you Oh dude. That's all he talks about. Is yeah.
2: it really? Yeah. He loves it.
1: <laughs> okay. The question is, does he put the the milk in the bowl first or the
0: cereal? You are a total sicko if you put that milk in there first. Yeah, you are you are the biggest of sicko's if you put the milk Did you in there see first.
1: did you see the TikTok though? No It's, it's extremely it... cursed, go look for it. <laughs> no, I don't wanna uh,
0: I am. I am pushing forty. I am not legally allowed to look up a TikTok. So just, just tell me what it is, please. I
2: don't want to. It's not by the. Uh, I baked you a pie, brothers, is it? It might as well be, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks Hi, for hungry. I'm Dad. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
0: If somebody ever makes a drinking game of our podcast, Digimon soundtrack is like finish your drink <laughs> or something like that.